All right. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Uh, what is this thing? Oh, yeah, this is a show. Uh, welcome to Super Duper Stitches. The paranormal podcast about the science of the strange. I'm Wyatt. I'm Jake. And this is the and show where we uh, let Wyatt talk. Oh, my gosh. You can't let me do that. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, we, we normally break down things on the show uh, using the powers of science and friendship, which we both bring to the table. But for this uh, and the remaining amounts of the month of March, we will be taking you all down what some say is an even more exciting road, which is <laughs> the true brackets of the NCAA device and the WWCW. <laughs> uh, and if you don't know what that means, go back and listen to episode 176 because well, we're jumping yeah. straight into it today. We're jumping straight in. So we're continuing our, our cult tournament, which we've done every so often in the month of March. We're pitting up yes. a bunch of uh, different groups against each other that could be classified as new religious movements or otherwise things that just seem like a cult. And... Uh, we're seeing who will win when paired up inside of this accursed machine um, for tens of minutes to millions of years, <laughs> whatever we decide, to see who comes out uh, triumphant. Uh, we are now onto the cosmic region uh, set of uh, contenders. Galactic region. Uh, I'm so sorry. We just uh, <laughs> finished. I was looking at the uh, last, last week recap, the cosmic region. We finished the cosmic region last week. We saw some pretty uh, amazing stuff where we had, again, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, this is your last chance to go back and do so before having some spoilers. We're trying to say that, uh, all right, you've, 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 you've decided you're going to get spoiled. Royalists, Happy Science, Order of the Solar Temple, and uh, uh, the Cult of Gadget Hack Wrench have, have all moved on for the World Division and into the quarterfinals. And for the Global Division, Branch Davidians, QAnon, Church of All Worlds, and Hono Hanasampogyo. Those are our contenders for the quarterfinals there. We will be hearing from that next week. They have like a rest week. Yes, yes. Uh, we are now doing the Galactic Regionals. And uh, without any further ado from us, I think we all know exactly what's happening here now, right? We're doing exciting cult it tournament stuff. It could be more clear. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll obviously jump straight into the Earth Division. I think the first round up is our first, our number one seed, the Aetherius Society. Yes, indeed. Versus the number eight seed, the I Am Movement. Yes. Yeah, so we are beginning now with the Earth Division. Get the music in there. Oh, yeah. The Fear Society was our number one seed because they were the winner for our most recent tournament. Pretty exciting stuff. Wow. Let's uh, revisit some information about them. Just like in last week, we're going to uh, run through some basic details about each cult and then talk about what sort of uh, things they're bringing to the competition that could give them an edge, and then we'll see what happens to them. Oh, yeah. So with the Ethereum Society... They're an international spiritual organization dedicated to spreading the teachings of advanced extraterrestrial intelligences, as any good contender in this competition should. Yeah, uh, exactly. They, quote, work in direct cooperation with the gods from space, end quote, uh, to help generally bring goodwill to all. Uh, the society was founded in the mid-1950s by English taxi driver George King after he was contacted by an extraterrestrial intelligence known as Ethereus. Mm -hmm. Basically, all the society's teachings are the direct words of a theorist as channeled through King. Uh-huh. Uh, major practices or defining features of this group. Uh, I quoted them directly last time. I'm going to do it again here. Quote, in the cosmic mission known as Operation Prayer Power, members and sympathizers meet on a regular basis and chant mantra and visualize spiritual energy being directed towards an individual who is praying in very dynamic fashion. The person praying is in turn directing this energy into a spiritual energy battery. A special piece That's of apparatus right. which can store spiritual energy for release in times of need to bring about healing, peace, and upliftment. The society organizes uh, regular, regular pilgrimages to holy mountains. Pilgrims come together to send our spiritual energy to the world as a whole, their prayers being highly potentized because of the energy contained within the holy mountain. Wow. Tell me about, uh, about uh, the I Am movement. So the I Am movement is a new thought religious movement that originated in the United States in the 1930s. Mm -hmm. 
And its teachings are based on the teachings of Guy Ballard, who claimed to have received spiritual revelations from the Ascended Master St. Germain. So the overarching core belief of the I Am movement is that each individual has a divine spark within them, and that by connecting with this inner divinity, individuals can achieve spiritual transformation and healing. So some major practices are positive affirmations. Strong emphasis on this, where followers of the movement are encouraged to use positive affirmations to reinforce their connection with their inner divinity and manifest their desires and goals in life. And visualization techniques, the movement teaches these techniques as a way to connect with one's inner divinity. So you basically just uh, see yourself in possession of what you already want and uh, use your imagination to create a mental picture of this ideal life. So how many members of the Ethereum Society were we looking at? Not totally clear from the things I was looking at, but it seems like somewhere in the hundreds. Huh. How about the I am folks? Uh, as many as a million or more wow. followers of the I am movement, even in the early 1930s or whenever it happened. <laughs> um, and they may refer to themselves as I amers or I am students. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I amsters, and I was very excited. Yeah. <laughs> or just amsters for short. Yeah, amsters. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so what are we going to see from Ethereus as they go into the NCAA device? As they enter into the machine, uh, their strongest offense we'll probably see is what's called the Saturn mission. Uh, I'm going to refer to their quotes again. The Saturn mission was devised by cosmic masters from Saturn, which is the most advanced planet in the solar system. Wow. It was given to Earth. Through Dr. King and began in 1981, a spiritual energy battery is charged with high-quality spiritual energy by cosmic masters and then taken onto a boat and released over a psychic center of Earth. Damn. Pretty strong offense. Uh, that's, and that's Dr. Not That King. No, no, no. King. Guy George. They're calling him Dr. I don't know what his... Uh, he was a taxi driver, remember? So I'm not su super sure when he got that uh, particular uh, title. It's only only referred to as Dr. King in their texts, um, their copy, I should say. Wow. Don't know. Doesn't matter. Best defense is spiritual healing, which I cannot stress enough, is not the same thing as faith healing. <laughs> and uh, a notable wild card trait or ability, George King says he helped avert global disaster repeatedly throughout the Cold War. So thank you, George wow. King. Thank you, George. Dr. King, sorry. The I Am movement, we're looking at self-manifesting victory as their strongest defensive move. <laughs> The visualizing an answer to any challenge as their defense and a notable wild card to this day the saint germain foundation which was set up to continue the teachings of the i am movement presents the i am come pageant <laughs> every august at mount shasta and has done so each year since 1950 the website states that the performance is open to the public and at no cost and uh, describes the pageant as a portrayal of, quote, the life of beloved Jesus, focusing on his miracles <laughs> of truth and healing and the example of the ascension, which he left to the world. Good old Jesus. Yep. <laughs> so let's just see what uh, what happens here. Right, they're entering the machine now. We'll set the timer here for, well, this is the first one of the day. Let's go for 500,000 years. I, I am, am movement. movement. Wowzers. Is moving Pretty on. exciting. Quite an upset. The eighth Dang. seed overturning the first. Pretty great start to the day for this competition. That's astounding. Yeah. Let's move Very on to the, the next pounding. pairing. See if anything as exciting happens. We got the uh, the number two and number seven seeds. What do we got? Chen Tao and Rajneesh. Yes. Chen Tao are also known as the True Way Cult. Mm -hmm. uh, this was a religious movement that originated in Taiwan in the early 1990s. The movement's leader, Han Ming Chen, claimed to be a prophet who had received spiritual revelations from God and other divine beings. Pretty standard stuff. Yeah. Overarching belief was that a massive flood was going to occur in the near future, that only those who joined the movement would be saved. They also believed in the existence of extraterrestrial life. There we go. So alongside preparing for the apocalypse, they claimed that aliens were going to intervene to help save humanity during this impending flood. And uh, yeah, they basically just had a lot of prep prep work to do. <laughs> Started to wonder how much of like, you know, if a, if a new religious movement is starting and they like open up a, a word doc to start writing out their core beliefs, if there is a cult version of Lorem Ipsum, that they start out yeah, with, and exactly. it, it is just these huh. specific things. The end day is nigh. <laughs> 
All right, I've got uh, the Rajneesh. This is the name of a guy, or name he gave himself. He was an Indian mystic who began to gather a following in the late 60s into the 70s before eventually moving to the U.S. from India to form a community in Oregon called Rajneesh Puram. Oh, yeah. His practice was documentary on this. Mm. His practice was meant to be a, quote, worldwide movement rooted in the affirmation of life, playful, joyful, and based on science rather than belief and dogma. Uh, the hope was to unite people of all religions into one universal spiritual practice together rather than form a new separate religion. So mm. get people to see what they have in common between their various religions and uh, just do all that stuff together. That don't hurt. Okay, just try stuff going on. Nothing is more important than your spiritual journey. So don't get married or have kids. Uh, and if you're joining and already have <laughs> children, kick those fuckers to the curb. Yeah. Yeah. You're done. That's a, a thing that, uh, that followers of this would do. Uh, another another main feature or belief kind of thing is, you know that local community here in Oregon near where we bought this big ranch and turned it into a commune? The people we keep weirding out and bothering, they are the enemy. Oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, let's work on a plan to assassinate the U.S. attorney for the District of Oregon and try to sway local elections through a bioterror attack. That'll solve our problems and not instead create bigger ones. Yeah. Oh, lordy. What kind of numbers we got uh, over there? We're looking at uh, several hundred. All right. <laughs> uh, in both the U.S. and Taiwan, referring to themselves as missionaries or witnesses. Mm. How about the Rajneesh? Rajneesh was in, uh sorry, sorry to read all over again. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> but we've only just started recording, Jake. <laughs> uh, there was potentially a peak <gasps> of this. Jake! You're not recording again? I just had to clear my throat. <laughs> It must sound so much better now. <laughs> there we go. I do see oh, it a little clearer. Okay. How good. much better could this possibly be? Uh, uh, where were you? Potentially a peak of as many as 6,000 Rajneeshis before they did uh, bad things <laughs> that caused somewhat of a dissolution thereafter. <laughs> Very cool. Give me some Chen Tao uh, <laughs> moves we can expect. Chen Tao's strongest defensive move is going to be to cause massive water damage to your house. Their best <laughs> defensive will be to have great flood insurance and their wild card. Even after the prophesied flood did not come to pass, a small core of followers remained loyal to Chen and continued to promote the movement's teachings. That's really good staying power. Mm -hmm. How about the Rajneesh? Well, their uh, key offense, I think, going into uh, today's competition is poisoning the salads of their enemies with salmonella. Oh, yeah. Solid defense would be to just keep moving to different locations and maybe even different countries when things don't go their way. Mm. And uh, wild card, you better believe they amassed some weapons while they're at it. Oh, boy. I'm excited to see how this goes. Me too. Let's toss them in there. Toss them on in. Set it to the popcorn setting? That's strange. Yeah. And uh, let's just see what we get from this pair up. Oh, Chen Tao. Chen moving on to the quarterfinals. Rajneesh just could not hack it. Those salads weren't enough to stop Chen Tao. No, indeed. Right. Although they are not looking well. Um, next up, we have the Ayn Rand Institute versus Midwesterners. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Number three C, take it away. Ayn Rand Institute is a nonprofit organization based in Irving, California, in the United States, and founded in 1985. It's an organization dedicated to promoting the philosophy of Ayn Rand, a Russian-American philosopher and novelist known for her work in the areas of objectivism and individualism. Hmm. The overarching core belief is that individual rights and capitalism are the foundation of a free and prosperous society, <sighs> things that tend to go just great. Uh, according to the organization, individuals have the right to pursue their own happiness and to keep the fruits of their labor without interference from the government or other individuals. The organization also advocates for a limited government that is focused on protecting individual rights rather than interfering in the economy or other aspects of society. Good luck with that. Mm -hmm. They're primarily an educational organization. And as I say, they're promoting these ideas. Just kind of teaching everyone how to be jerk. There you go. Take it away on the number six seed, the Midwesterners. In the geographic kind of middle part of the United States is a region of not terribly clearly defined states that together make up what is called the Midwest. 
Uh, the folks who live there have distinctive accents that often reflect their Scandinavian immigrant origin and a hearty embrace of both bread and dairy, as well as a complete rejection of anything spicier than salt. Highly averse to the zipper merge and highly attuned to the cozy archetype of American middle-classness, Midwesterners are often dismissed as living in flyover country, despite making up a pretty huge chunk of the damn country, including one of the biggest cities <laughs> in the country. Come on, coasts. Get with it. Yeah, get with it. In spite of occupying an enormous swath of the U.S. by sheer area, but also you know not, not a small part of the population, uh, they believe themselves to be a tiny community of like-minded individuals that no one else understands. Consequently, you can only be accepted as a Midwesterner by being born there, but not in the indigenous sense, just the typical white American sense. Uh, moving to the Midwest by choice, living there for decades, getting on board with everything they have going on. Nah, you're not a local. You're not a local. Also, they will proudly claim sole ownership over quote-unquote uniquely Midwestern experiences that are often things experienced by anyone in the same latitude or hemisphere or indeed just by people who are alive. Uh, one example is winter, over which the Midwest claims the complete copyright. <laughs> Interestingly enough, evidently the Midwestern experience of New England is the same. <laughs> oh, for sure. Every region <laughs> has its own bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> we all invented bread. <laughs> so what are, uh, how many, and what do they, what do they call themselves? As of uh, 2023, it seems that there are about 69 million or so Westerners. Nice. Nice. How many we got of uh, the other ones? Uh, all I could find was many members. <laughs> Great. And they refer to themselves as objectivists mm. or Randians or just, uh, you know, number one boss bitch baddie boys. <laughs> what kind of uh, what kind of strategies can we expect? Strategies. Mm-hmm. Uh for their strongest offensive move, the elevation and deification of classic corporate structured social Darwinism. Uh, essentially, they know how to make it okay to be a huge asshole and will keep <laughs> the lamp on for the libertarian dream of a small government society where everyone's individual rights are still somehow protected. Uh, their best offensive maneuver uh, is essentially the same thing. If uh, the, the most considerate person in the room is the weakest, it's your fault if you need some defense. And then a notable wild, wild card trait our ability uh we're looking at somehow combining the gadsden flag and the ouroboros serpents <laughs> um, very good should uh serve them well in the competition today i think so meanwhile the midwesterners uh strongest offense passive aggression best defense also passive aggression yeah and uh noble wild card uh tater tot hot dish there was no way i wasn't Ooh. gonna bring it up guys sorry there was no it had to no happen avoiding it had it, to yeah. happen we saw it coming let's yep. see if tater tot hot dish is enough to overcome the pure force of will brought by the Ayn Rand Institute. Let's stick them in the machine. There they go. Let's punch it in for, oh, I'd say a good two years. Yeah, should be Go real soft this round. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my God. An incredible play. The Ayn Rand Institute left out a box with one slice of pizza in it. The entire Midwest refused to eat the last slice. They all starved to death in the machine. The hot dish was not enough. Nope. The Ayn Rand Institute will be moving on to the quarterfinals. My goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. Well, as the uh, dust clears from that combat, we can turn to the number four and number five seeds, the Freemasons and Crypto Bros, respectively. Rounding out the Earth Division for these regionals. Rounding out the Earth Division, indeed. So Freemasons... Or a fraternal organization that originated in Europe, particularly in England, during the late 16th and early 17th centuries. So these guys have been around for a hot minute. They believe in a commitment to brotherhood, charity, and moral principles, <laughs> often just described as a system of morality. And uh, some of their favorite practices are, you know, rich tradition of rituals and ceremonies. So we're talking symbolic gestures, general gestures, and language. <laughs> And weird aprons. And very weird aprons and kind of uh, creepy uncle energy <laughs> exactly meant that. to convey deeper meanings and values and a degree system to mark the progress of members through the organization. Typically three degrees in a blue lodge or craft lodge, which are the basic levels of membership. That's about all you need to know. Mm-hmm. How's it going there with the uh, Cryptobros? Cryptobros? Cryptobros. Uh, Although the idea of cryptographic currency can be traced back to the 80s and then uh, later origins again in the mid-90s, 
pretty <laughs> sure it traces back to the blockchain, Jake. <laughs> Cryptocurrency has been most known since the advent of Bitcoin in 2009. Uh, in the sense that all human currency is totally made up, cryptocurrency is especially so, but is not typically seen as currency so much as an asset on its own that can be traded for Did other stuff. Did you say asshat? <laughs> also that, uh, but seen as an asset on its own, not specifically just currency. Uh, an asset that can be traded for other stuff, like what we do with money. So, so it's totally different. Money. Yeah. A uh, major practice in defining features, crypto is these days most loudly embraced by a particular kind of extremely online bro. Uh, it's mm. most notably a great way for some people to get extremely rich, for some people to make mistakes and lose everything, often to the latter group, and for all parties to be fundamentally insufferable. Uh, the most recent major wave of crypto-adjacent fanaticism was the recent NFT fad we all got to endure for the last uh, couple to three years, in which being the sole owner of a digital thing is a good idea, I guess. I guess. So how many uh, how many people's we got going on in the Freemasons? Apparently very variable membership at any mm. given time, but they call themselves brothers. And the organization itself is... No girls allowed. The craft. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, boys only. Um, Mason without man is just so. Um, go on, Jake. <laughs> Excuse me. How many crypto of the bro? How, how bros of the many of the cryptos is bro? There are probably about 420 million crypto bros out there at this very second. So strength in numbers definitely on their side against the uh, the unclear number of of Masons out there. But yeah, uh, wow, you know, we got old school versus new school. Who could come out on top? Very Let's hard to hear say. a little bit about their techniques before yes. we toss them into the machine. Indeed. For Freemasons, strongest defensive move will be to help establish a healthy community while still weirding you out at your family reunion. <laughs> uh, best defensive maneuver is going to be showing that your creepy but nice enough uncle is actually also kind of spooky but still kind-hearted. <laughs> and a notable wildcard trader ability, there are a number of different titles and designations that are used within the organization, such as Worshipful Master, Senior Warden, and Junior <laughs> Warden. <laughs> But it's just for community service. <laughs> How about the crap de bras? Offense, destroying the planet with excessive server use. Pretty solid. Defense, most normal people can't begin to explain what the fuck the blockchain is. Yep. Uh, and a notable wild card trait or ability, Doge to the moon. Oh boy. Uh, let's, let's put them in put there and have them destroy each other. See what happens. Crypto oh, bros. Crypto bros. They did make it out of there. I, uh, you know, oh. didn't really have a, a favorite among the two. I think I've already said on the show that I have hated the Freemasons for a long time. They owe me money. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, um. I, I played a, a Mason funeral one time. They were bagpiper. Oh, that's right. Yeah, their bagpiper quit the last second. They found me through somebody. That's right. The day before, I learned a brand new song overnight to play for oh, that funeral. God. And I had I stood there for like two hours. I played one song. I had to stay there for like forever. And at the end, the guy gave me a twenty dollar bill awkwardly, like doing the handshake bill in the hand thing. Oh it's wow! Like, no, dude, you hired me for the thing. It's not some kind of weird like a uh, secret. Pet. Just give me money and not twenty bucks. I was still I was young enough not to have known to like agree on a price in advance. I was still yeah, yeah. I wasn't used to freelance stuff like that. And I was so angry. And there's so oh, much pomp man. and circumstance of the whole thing that was just very very stupid. And uh, I'm glad they lost, but not to the Crypto Bros. Yeah. Well, maybe the Crypto <laughs> Bros will meet their maker later on. Very possible. But for now, they are the last pairing of the Earth Division. We're moving on from that to the Planetary Division. But first, a quick word, I'm guessing. Not looking at the <laughs> yeah. sheet. From the other part of this machine, let's turn the dial over to... Pander. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, there we so go. This, of course, is the patron appreciation neural die for evaluation of risk function that we basically use the NCAA device for all the time now. Mm -hmm. It's much louder, as you can hear. Yes. What we'll do is plug these tendrils into the backs of our heads, mm -hmm. which will allow us to tap into the dark ether and assess which cryptids, creatures, ghoulies, monsters, otherwise bugaboos that are patrons need to be on the lookout for. So today, we'll focus in on... 
Cameron B. Of from Nixa, Missouri. Missouri. So, Cameron, be on the lookout for... MetaZoo. MetaZoo. Cryptid, Cryptid Nation. <laughs> it is an upcoming trading card game created by Michael Waddell. Currently in a fundraising phase. Wow. <laughs> so, you have a chance to destroy this if you need to. Yeah. Uh, you can muddy the waters and sow the seeds of doubt and <laughs> uncertainty in the investors as they approach this franchise. Uh, this will be a card game that features cryptids, as suggested, Bigfoot, Mothman, Jersey Devil, Flatwoods Monster, Indrid Cold, which is not really... Not this exactly. is kind of pretty liberal. Yeah, they call them all beasties. It's fascinating. The card mechanic, the origin <sighs> of the name MetaZoo, is explained by the developers who say, quote... The strength of your beasties and spells are impacted by the environment you play in. Playing on a rainy day, your water beasties get a power boost. Player near an open fire while trying to keep warm as it snows outside. Your flame spells are now twice as powerful, but watch out. The snow proper now outside now not only boosts the strength of your opponent's snow beasties, but also makes them so, uh, makes some of them invisible, unable to be directly attacked. Wow, what a complex dynamic that since it is based on the environment could be argued forever apparently this is still being pledged for it's on kickstarter did they meet their goal yet i can't quite tell bye um, last updated a year ago so i uh, i think they may have met their goal so this means you do need to watch out for this yes. game finding its way into your life in some way this is uh, don't uh, let it happen. uh no offense if anyone listening is involved in this project. They look like knockoff Pokemon. Very hand-drawn. International, uh, yeah, extremely, I mean, I would call it charitably <laughs> amateur art styling. Surely part of the goal was to have that be fleshed out more as they get into production, but uh, hard to say for sure. Oh, golly gosh. So we're looking at essentially Pokemon-style cards, I guess. Yep, it's Pokemon. Huh. Simple attacks, simple features, but with a sort of Magic the Gathering style costing art style. Yeah. Well, anyway, don't don't let that happen to you. Whatever yeah, you stay do. Yes, they cards. Uh, Thank you so much for your support. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, um, shit, I totally lost the page. Where? Ooh, two left from there. Thank you. There you go. And um, now we will focus in on Elizabeth Claire Peters. Elizabeth Claire Peters. Be on the lookout for Sandwalker. Sandwalker. Oh. Whoa. The legendary beast from Arab mythology, the gargantuan nocturnal crab about the size of a horse with a bird-like beak and a scorpion's tail. My goodness. Known to bury itself in the sand during the day to avoid detection and only come out at night, it rarely eats humans, but it is said to steal camels and horses. Well then. So uh. while, while you find yourself out in the desert at night, uh, you're safe in the day for sure. At night, just... Look out for your camels. They are in danger of being uh, got by what has, in a recent sighting, been called Crabzilla. What? Who cited this and how and why? At Wallowa Lake Freshwater Crustaceans? Oh, oh. it's a separate thing. Okay, it's uh, it could be related to that or the recent giant crab sighting dubbed Crabzilla. So there's some possible so things that are similar. There's a lot of uh, art stylings to help us understand what we might be seeing it looks to be sort of like if you, uh, like a Koopa Troopa fucked a creepy crawly. <laughs> that is a very accurate description, in fact. <laughs> Generally, watch out for sand at night if you're on Camelback, and if you are drinking from a Camelback. And thank you so much for your support on Patreon. We really yes, appreciate it. We really do appreciate it. And this creepy crawler, I have to uh, correct myself. Ah, yes. And, of course, that's creepy with about 17 E's. They were implied. So, there we go. Thank you all so much for your support. If you yourself would like to have your name entered into the Patreon calculating device, uh, you can do so at no more than $5 a month, which also nets you, nets you so many cool things. You can do more than $5 a month, but that's... Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but for just 5 you still get. You get the, uh, the Pander uh, calculation. You get... Bonus content, including minisodes and uh, curated outtake reels. You get uh, Discord access. You get a, a Belgian-style beer glass with our logo on it. Very beautiful. I mail it directly to you. Oh, it's good stuff. Good, good stuff. Um, All that. There's merch discount, other stuff, stickers. Oh, yeah, and the whatnot. merch Just discounts. Great My things. goodness. Oh, man. Just what a great so deal. Much 
good stuff. How can you lose? You simply can't. So please do consider that. Love you forever. Yes. Thank you all. And let's go ahead and unplug this from our brains. Ah, much better. And we'll flip it back over to its basically just standard functioning here. Yes, indeed. Um, as we enter the planetary division of the galactic region to look at another eight cults. Starting with the number one seed, Ekankar. Versus, I believe we've seen these bad boys before. Oh, indeed, indeed we have. Versus the Freedomites. I believe both of these may have turned up in uh, the most recent tournament. I think it might have been last year. I don't totally remember. But uh, yeah, let's hear from the number one seed, Ekankar. Certainly no reason to go and look at my notes from that time. <laughs> no. I, I actually, and I covered both of them last time, so I split yep. up who did. So yeah. I won't even pretend to have done any of that. Ekankar is a new religious movement that was founded in the United States in the 1960s. Organization's core belief is that the individuals that individuals can achieve spiritual liberation and self-realization through direct personal experience of the divine. Mm. This is accomplished through a series of spiritual practices, including chanting the sacred sound of who. <laughs> what? I can't hear you anymore. What happened? <laughs> oh. oh. All right, Jake. Okay. Your turn. Wow. I, um, I <laughs> Wyatt's eyes. What's happening? Uh, anyway, the Freedomites, uh, the, the number eight seed for, uh, for what we got here, they started in 1902 in Saskatchewan. They were a spiritual Christian group who separated from a Russian Christian group called the uh, Dukobors, I think is how you say that, in order to, as is the case with most separatist groups, restore the movement to its core values as they saw them. Um, they opposed land ownership, public schools, using work animals, etc., and were instead in favor of a more pastoral, communal way of life. They are mainly known for protesting nude. They met in simple buildings, sat on simple benches, and conducted most of their religious and community organization practices in Russian. They made the claim that there were plenty of resources for everybody. All that remains is for people to just be less greedy and then everyone will be fine. Solid point. Mm -hmm. Really just wanted to do their own thing and be left alone. Uh, and again, they were very against formal education and strongly pushed New Testament Christian doctrine as the main thing anyone should ever study above all else. But at least it was the Jesus who said to be nice part, I guess. Um, and the nudity thing came about because they believe that our bodies are God's creation and thus perfect as they are as opposed to covered by the imperfect work of human-produced clothing. Mm. So uh, how many uh, Except people for those in the Jinko jeans. <laughs> how many? Uh, there, there are as many as tens of thousands of followers of Ekankar worldwide. They refer to themselves as Ekists. Mm. There's how a about... temple of Ek, not but 20 minutes drive from here. Oh my, that's right. <laughs> I think it's in Chanhassen, or maybe it's in Chaska. The echocenter of the uh, <laughs> movement. And it's pretty close to Paisley Park, so you got two different options for fun, worshipful things you can do. I recommend the latter. Yes. How about the old uh, Freedomites? Freedomites, they also call, they call themselves uh, God's people, a Svobotniki, sovereign people. There may be around 2,500 of them at their peak. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. What uh, what can we expect in today's competition from Eck? From Eck, we're looking at their strongest defensive move, going who? Their <laughs> best defensive maneuver, going who? <laughs> Notable wild card trader ability? Going who? Okay. <laughs> for the Freedomites, the uh, strongest offense, uh, some of them were known for using arson as an anti-materialism protest tactic and later bombings that'll do it all performed while nude oh um best defensive maneuver that's burning, hot am i right yeah burning their own money and possessions and parading nude in public oh, and really? uh notable wild card trait or ability oh shit i didn't fill it in one second let me look i <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty wild <laughs> well um, <that's laughs> that could be the that could be their ability <laughs> let's Undefined. uh Let's just go ahead and see what happens anyway. I'll throw Let's them in do the machine. Yeah, and, uh, we've come this far. Yeah. We haven't been recording this all in one fell swoop. We are very bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, not totally burnt out from what we've done to ourselves. Why do we do it every time? I don't know. 10,000 years should be good. Sounds uh, good. I was going to say 10,005, but, you know, who cares? Let's split the difference. 10,000, two and, and a half. half. Two and a half. 
There you go. Freedomites, they are moving on until the quarterfinals. How My about that? Gracious. Maybe time for us to find out more <laughs> yeah. than what I fucked up and left that blank. Should be a good chance to learn about that. Nonsense. Fantastic. perfectly good. Well, now it's we'll time. We'll leave that off the <laughs> table and turn to the next group in the planetary division. The number two seed, Scientology. Oof. Big name. Versus the number seven, Heaven's Gate. Also, pretty solid true. big name. These yes. are some big time industries, some some well-known brands. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, yeah, astoundingly missing from our initial comp competitions, likely because they've just had a lot of other stuff they've been up to. Uh, we have not yet heard from our number two seed, Scientology. Like you said, a heavy hitter. It would be redundant for me to dwell on it too much in detail, given how much we probably already know about them. But we can just recap that it came about in the 1950s or so via sci-fi author L. Ron Hubbard. Some defining stuff about them. Dianetics, a therapy practice which maintains that our psyche consists of the conscious analytical mind, the subconscious reactive mind, and the somatic mind. The goal of Dianetics is to erase the content of the reactive mind so that we can be happy and clear uh, Thetans. These are the alien ghosts that fill up your reactive mind with bad stuff. I your thought it was the tans. <laughs> your mental illness isn't something that's treatable with therapy and or medication. No, you got to go clear. That's the real answer to actual mental stuff. Uh, there's more about them, but I'm exhausted just thinking about it. Uh, also, a lot, a lot, a lot of Hollywood power. Um, oh tell, me, tell me about uh, Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate, another, uh, you know, solid brand. They were a religious group that originated in the U.S. in the 70s. Overarching belief was centered around the idea of the evolutionary level above human, which they believed was a higher spiritual realm inhabited by beings who had achieved a state of advanced consciousness and had transcended human limitations, including being alive in a body. They taught that the only way to reach this higher realm was through a process of spiritual purification and asceticism which involved the rejection of all worldly desires and attachments, including, and I can't stress this enough, to the body. So the group believed that the physical body was a temporary vessel for the soul, that the mm. soul could only achieve its true potential by shedding its earthly form and descending to the higher realm. I can't see how this could go wrong. Totally going to be great. There were only about a few dozen members to begin with, and they referred to themselves as students. How about the bad boys at Scientology? I think that's probably most of the mortal world now. Uh, it, there's a lot of folks they've been roping in, but it does sound like, at least in terms of core membership, uh, that they plan to acknowledge there is a hierarchy there as well. Um, uh, roughly 40,000. Wow. But uh, we know, I mean, like the uh, whole c lab or whatever the hell it's called uh they they've got a lot of different recruits of people working their way into the church as best they can but the the main uh the core group is still a pretty good chunk of people we love it how about that tom cruise am i right mm -hmm. um what scientology do their best offense is a complete ownership of every single one of your darkest secrets also that billion year contract thing uh pretty pretty solid offenses um defense Sailing away forever on a ship of indentured servants. And uh, the main wild card trade, of course, is celebrities. And uh, best I could tell, maybe not Beck. That was for the longest time. Oh, Their main wild really? card thing is that Beck was like the one Scientologist. We all just kind of like ignore that he's a Scientologist. But uh, he's been claiming he never was. So huh. kind of unclear, but, uh, you know, cool. <laughs> if if <Why> not. not. <laughs> for Heaven's Gate, we're looking at the cult's strongest defensive move. Killing itself at the height of its weird power. <laughs> Best defensive maneuver. One of the same. Notable <laughs> wild card trader ability. Using suicide to really rock that PR game and become mm. one of the best no cults. Yeah. <laughs> Post-mortem. Indeed. Uh, so let's let's get these little puppies in the machine. Hmm. Should we put them in happens. for the length of that contract thing that the Scientologists do? Like uh, about a, a billion years probably? Yeah, let's do it. All right. And they go, and uh, let's see what happens. Oh, can't heavens, miss a good thing. Yep, Heaven's, heaven's gate. gate. They are coming in strong and continuing to the quarterfinals. Wowzers. My Big goodness. one. All right. Well, that takes us to our uh, penultimate pairing for today. For the planetary provision. <laughs> uh, provision, yes. Uh, Peloton Peddlers versus the, the third, number three. The third seed, Peloton Peddlers versus the number three seed, uh, Remnant Fellowship. Number, oh, Christ. 
That's how it goes. <laughs> Third seed, Peloton. Sixth, Remnant Fellowship. Wide go. Peloton Peddlers subscribe to a fitness technology company that was founded in New York City in 2012. Their stated core belief is that fitness should be accessible, convenient, and enjoyable. And that technology can be used to enhance the exercise experience so long as you are pretty well off and have a big enough apartment for it. <laughs> uh, they're perhaps best known for their stationary exercise bikes, which feature large touch screen displays that allow users to be coached and seduced by hot-bodied instructors. <laughs> the peddler effort has since expanded to include hot treadmills, hot fitness accessories, and a hot digital membership program that provides access to a hot variety of hot workout classes <laughs> and hot content. Uh, how about Remnant Fellowship? And I'm sure we're not talking about Sam and Frodo, am I right? <laughs> we're not in this case, unfortunately. No, it's an international community of people who are finding renewed hope, profound love, and deep purpose by putting the undiluted teachings of Jesus Christ into practice. This is their words. Now we're talking. Uh, continuing their words, while divorce, depression, obesity, and out-of-control children are increasingly the norm these days, at The Remnant, we are experiencing healed marriages, increased joy, restored health, repaired finances, and children who love to follow the guidance of their parents. Oh boy. This church has its roots founded in the Bible-based teachings of Glenn Shamblin, through Way Down Ministries, who has a 30-plus years-long and counting track record of helping people change their lives in every positive and, uh, in every positive and productive way. We as a church body hmm. come from all walks of life and widely varying socioeconomic backgrounds and uh, ages, yet we have this in common. We can hardly contain our joy over how much our lives have changed for the better. Wow. This is all to say that the Remnant Fellowship Church was founded by Christian diet program leader Gwen Shamblin Lara in 1999, whose hair has to be seen to be believed. Let me see this shit. Oh my God! Could you describe what you're seeing, Mr. Oh, Dr. Shell? Truly ghoulish. <laughs> um, she looks like Harry Shearer in drag <laughs> if he was like a ghoul uh, and had... Yeah, the hair is just hard to even describe. It's like a giant weeping willow kind of plume. It's about two thirds of her height. Yeah, um, it's it's fascinating. It's major practices to go. It's it's a weight loss program that became a religion. That's what we're talking about here. She started. That's it, what we're it talking is, about. That's that. What um what kind of numbers the peloton folks got going for them? Lots. <laughs> Oodle. Several million subscribers worldwide call themselves. Peloton, Pelotoners or Peloton, Peloton enthusiasts. Uh -huh. <laughs> big, big surprise. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Remnant, uh, they have over fifteen hundred members currently. Is it not a ton? But uh, you uh. know, they're they're doing it. What uh, what can we expect to see the Pelotoners do? The Peloton yeah. enthusiasts do in today's uh, matchup. So their strongest defensive move is going to be to steal your man or woman without ever even knowing them. Their <laughs> best defense will be to bike for a very long time without going anywhere. <laughs> and their notable wild card is going to be engaging in aggressive marketing tactics that encourage users to prioritize exercise over other aspects of their health and well-being. <laughs> How about the roundals? I do feel like there are some uh, some common ground areas these two groups might mm. uh, see eye to eye on as far as just uh, those aspects of health things. But uh, main offense here, yeah. you can eat whatever you want. Uh, best defense, it's not a diet, it's a way of life. And oh. uh, wild card, uh, it, Gwen's hair. It's Gwen's hair. Oh, yeah. Her hair is wild. Card, for that matter. <laughs> so let's toss uh, him in. And uh, uh, I've just said it's a random. Oh, it looks like the Remnant Fellowship wow. is coming out on top. Surprising. Number six seed, a little bit of an upset. Uh, we'll see how they do in the quarterfinals. The hair got them there. <laughs> it did indeed. Our final pairing now for the Planetary Division and indeed for the Galactic Region for today's episode brings us to the number four seed, Mahikari, versus the number five seed, Musk Minions. Mm -hmm. It's quite a, quite a pairing to end with here, so... The M section. Yes, indeed. I'll begin with Sukyo Mahikari. Uh, the Mahikari organization was founded by Kotama Okada, born Yoshikazu Okada in 1959 under the name 
L.H. Yokoshi no Tomo. Yeah, a lot wow. of different names going. Yeah, I, I feel like it was Everyone worth putting it all in there. <laughs> yep. Uh, the main purpose was spreading God's light and wisdom to all of humanity. Generally, the, the idea behind any religious thing is to do that, right? Um, yeah. The art of true light is a practice meant to purify one's spirit so that they can do the whole enlightenment thing. Mm. Uh, radiating light from the palm. Light is a proper noun, I should mention. Mm-hmm. From the palm of your hand is a method of cleansing the spirit, mind, and body, which can generally fix your whole deal. Asukio mm. uh, Mahikari is the name of the overall uh, thing. Uh, combines the principles of basically every group we've ever talked about. So they got love, kindness, spiritual purity all together as, as their things. It also includes something called Yoko agriculture, which is farming where you're really nice at the plants. Hmm. So that's kind of neat. I like tell it. Me about, uh, tell me about your group. Yeah. So Musk Minions were founded in the late 1990s with the establishment of Elon Musk's first startup, Zip2. Um, however, Musk's public profile and popularity increased significantly in the mid-2000s when he became involved in a series of high-profile ventures, including the founding of PayPal, the launch of SpaceX, and uh, yeah, Musk minions generally believe in Musk's technocratic view of the future, his commitment to innovation and progress, and his just hilarious sense of humor. Uh, what's not to like? So in general, Musk minions will follow his social media accounts. They'll buy and brag about Tesla brand electric cars, and they will invest their money in goofacular meme stocks like Dogecoin. So how many uh, members of Mahikari are we looking at? Seems like up to half a million thereabouts. How, wow. about, uh, how about Musk's entourage? Yeah, they call themselves Musketeers or Elonators, uh, mm. and they're easily in the hundreds of thousands. <sighs> so what would we expect to see Mahikari doing to thee? Well, given Musk the minions. whole uh, act of uh, radiating light from your palm, it seems likely that the strongest offensive move is Hadouken, and uh, oh then the best defense would be, uh, why can't we all just get along? Yeah. Wild card, the organization has led park cleanups, reforestation projects, and encouraged reduction of carbon emissions. So oh, they might, surprisingly they might... similar. <laughs> Wild card <laughs> on my side. So we're looking at offensive moves of overwhelming any healthy critique or debate regarding Elon Musk's egoic, brash, and societally influential decisions with a post-ironic or otherwise truly enthralled passion for bullies. Their defensive maneuver, insisting that Elon Musk actually has the best interests of the human species at heart and that he isn't just the spoiled son of a wealthy mind baron who, despite a lot of impressive ability to innovate and to pursue goals, is maybe a huge man-child douche. And their notable wildcard trader ability actually potentially helping to establish the electric vehicle market despite being insufferable. <laughs> well, uh, so I see no other, uh, nothing else to do except cram them into that machine. Get them in there. Let's set it to broil. It is Musk Minions. Musk Minions, they are coming out on top. All right, we will they see them there. again in the quarterfinals. Wow, that Man. is a pretty uh, exciting finish to an exciting. Uh, Regional uh, day set of yeah, stuff, the way a tournament works, whatever you call the things. We will yeah. be uh, <laughs> doing some more of this soon, but I think for now we can go ahead and say goodbye for a week to the NCAA and yes. uh, and finish up today by uh, thanking the sponsor that helps make this tournament possible. Yes, we could not end the show. We couldn't even put on this tournament, get all these uh, you know cults sponsored and in the machine without... The support of four fandoms, the Groovy's Brewery in Western Massachusetts, incorporating Big Tank, Smoke Monster, Amplifier, Acoustics, Botany, Moisture, some call it water, yeast, <laughs> and I will just say time to make beer. Uh, there's no other way to put it, and I'm frustrated that there's no other way to put it. I wish there was another way to put it, but that's what they do. This is what they produce, and... Similarly, annoyingly, it's very tasty beer. <laughs> you should drink it either at their tavern in Greenfield or any of the places they sell it around New England in general. Exactly, the New England area. And if you're going to the tavern, there's stuff you should do there too. This episode comes out yeah. on, on uh, March 16th. 16th. So what can you do? You so could, you could we're looking at it. tavern curling this Saturday <laughs> and the next Saturday of this month from 4 p.m. on 4 p.m. to 8. This episode comes so out on uh, St. Patrick's Day Eve, so. You know, tomorrow you could go ahead and spend your uh, St. Patty's Day. If you're going to do the beer thing, why not do it at Four Phantoms? That's true. That's true. I'm sure they'll throw down pretty hard. 
There will be a free bacon night next Monday at starting at 4. They have their trivia nights at 6.30 uh, on Thursdays. Next Friday at 6.30 p.m., they're going to have a Friday night dice with the Fox on the Hill board game club, uh, which sounds like a lot of fun, 6.30 to 9. All at the tavern. So get your booty over there. And thank you so much for Fandoms. Thank we, you very much for Love Phantoms. you guys. And thank you all for listening and joining in for the second uh, installment of this exciting WCW tournament Ooh, situation. Not easy to say. No, I, <laughs> I like it. So Try it at home. You'll be surprised. Uh, the World Championship Cult Whoop-Off. Uh, <laughs> definitely not further indication that all of our names for things are reverse engineered from the acronyms we want them to be. Uh, Why would we ever do that? Yeah. Come back next week for the uh, quarterfinals. That'll be pretty exciting. Wow. And uh, continue to spread the word to your friends, family, foes, whoever. I'll leave a review if you wouldn't mind. That'd be pretty great. While you're at it, too, if you want to follow the link in our description, we are going to curse some folks this year. We have an experiment we want to start, suggested by a friend of the show, Audrey, in the Discord, because, of course. Oh, yeah. And we are going to uh, we're gonna curse some people. We have a Google form you can fill out questionnaire about your life how you're feeling how things are going for you we'll then randomly sort you into a group of either one or more different types of possible courses or a placebo group and then for the next six months ish you know you'll see how your life goes we'll check in with another google form you can fill it out again and then we'll have some data to crunch we'll talk about it in an episode down the road you have to be brave. Bear in mind, these will be very modest curses. Mm-hmm. Nothing too extreme. But the uh, chance to get in is pretty limited. We only have until the end of this tournament before we will be cutting off entry into it so we can begin cursing you. Do sign up. Be brave. It's for science. But um, if you are feeling feeling lucky, feeling comfortable giving it a shot, we would sure love to uh, have some science spice fun Spice up with your you. life. <laughs> yeah. Or ruin it. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. In any case, join us next week for the quarterfinals. And uh, until then, I don't know what else we say. Bye. Bye.